Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Live Revised Podcast. My name is Christy Browning and I am your host. Today we're going to be talking about waging a war on worry. And considering all that's happening in the world today, this is a timely topic. But regardless of current events, we know worry even just with circumstances in our own home, the things that happen under our own roof and in our own lives. And while we may not be able to completely walk away from this idea of worry, let me give you a couple of tips and how-tos to where you can put worry in its place and keep it from debilitating and crippling a life that you love. So stay tuned. Have you ever been called a worry wart? I don't know if that's really a word or not, but I know growing up in the South, that would be something my mom would say to us, or my grandmother would say, you're being a worry wart. Uh, when we were really fixated on something that we were stressing out or worrying about. And let me tell you, whether you're young, old, married, single, working, not working, have kids, don't have kids, no matter where you live, how much you make, what your position is, we all struggle with this topic of worry. We feel anxiety, stress, worry, sleepless nights, um, wringing of our hands, you name it. I think as soon as you have kids, you instantly have worry because you always worry about your kids. Um, maybe it's worrying about uh, moving into a new transition uh, in, of life, getting into a new season of life. Uh, we just saw tons of kids graduate high school. And so maybe you're a parent that's now worrying about a student going into college, or maybe you now have a high schooler and that's a whole different level of worry. If you're a business owner, worry, whew, that's a whole different kind of feeling, especially if you have employees or if your family depends on the income you make from your business to sustain your financial wherewithal there's worry. Maybe you worry about the political climate. Maybe you've been worried about the pandemic. If you're catching this video in real time, we haven't even begun to really get outside of the COVID crisis. We're just starting to kind of open up and go back out to live life, but it's still not normal. In the middle of all of that, maybe you're worried about the social climate, um, some of the issues we've been facing as a nation. Uh, of course, we have election season and just so on and so forth. There's so many reasons to worry. If you can't think of one, just turn on the news, you'll find one. So why talk about this topic? Why battle something that seems completely inevitable? It seems like there's no way around it. There's no way to get through it or avoid it. Well, I kind of think there is. There's a way to at least work through it and to not let it cripple you and keep you locked down from the things that are really meant for you to have in life. Worry robs us of that. And if you didn't know that, let me just educate you on what worry keeps you from. Worry keeps you from a sound night's sleep. Ugh. How many of us have spent sleepless nights in bed with our minds just turning and twisting and reeling through whatever it is that's on our hearts or on our minds? Worry can actually keep us from taking care of our bodies. Maybe we don't eat. If we're not sleeping, that's never a good thing for our bodies. Maybe we're not able to uh, exercise effectively, rest effectively. Maybe we're not operating effectively. Sometimes I'm at my grumpiest when I'm worried and my brain is focused on something else or I'm really checked out of the rest of my life because I'm fixated on this one thing that I'm worried about. Worry robs us of a lot. It can really dampen a relationship. It can ruin our attitude, our hopes, our dreams. It can really deter us 
from the things we're most meant to have and go after in life. But I believe that you are here wanting more for you. See, the reason why we call this the Live Revised Podcast or Revision TV, depending on where you're catching this, is because our whole company motto and our whole belief is that you don't have to stay in the same place you're at right now, no matter what the past has been for you or what you may be experiencing, even now in your present, your future is still waiting to be written and you can make the changes necessary right now to create the future that you want, that you can have purpose in your life. You can find it and live it out every day that there is a passion-filled life waiting for you. And if you're not already living that right now, we want to show you how you can have that, to live at your greatest potential and experience life to the fullest. That's really what we're here for. And I got to believe if you're here tuning in week after week, you're looking for the same thing. That being said, worry is not for you. And it's not for me because I don't want to live my life on the sidelines. I don't want to be kept held back or dampened or diminished because my mindset is so wrapped around worry. That being said, let's get into some practical ways that you can kind of diminish, no, that you can wage war, that you can slay, you can kill, you can annihilate worry in your life. And I'm telling you, some of these tips, tactics, whatever you want to call them, have been things I have used in my own life. And a lot of worry and learning about worry happened when I was in prison. Now, for those of you who don't know my story, we don't have time today to dive into all of the details, but about 10 years ago, I spent a year and a little bit of time, a year, a week, year, and a month uh, in prison for a felony charge on fraud. And if you want to read the details about that story and learn more about my experience and the lessons learned there, you can go check out my book, Repeatedly Revised, where we talk about that in great detail. But today, I just want you to know that it was there in that setting that I learned the most about worry. I remember leading up to the trial, my gut, butterflies doesn't even begin to explain it. It was so twisted and wrangled with worry, not knowing what was going to happen to me, never having been to prison before. I didn't know what to expect or what it would be like. I was scared. I was uncertain. Uh, I was ashamed and embarrassed. And then you get into the system, once you get into prison in and of itself, you realize that you don't have a lot of control over anything. And the sooner you could come to that rec recollection and you could be okay with that and accept that truth, the better off you were going to be. Otherwise, you would worry yourself to death. The thing about being in prison is that while there's a lot of stuff to do and there's lots of activities you can be a part of, there's still this one time of the day that everything comes to a standstill and you can't run from your thoughts. And that's at night. At night, it's quiet. There's no TV to play. There's no Netflix to stream. You're just in your bunk by yourself with your thoughts and it's quiet. And that's when the worry started to set in. And I would worry about letters I had sent home waiting for responses. I would worry about when someone would send money to put on my account so I could buy some basic supplies and have a couple of things I needed there. I worried about how my family was doing while I was stuck in the prison and they were out living their normal life. I worried about finding a job when I got back home. I worried about finishing all the community service hours I had. Worry, 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 worry. 
none of the things that I worried about was anything that I could control from that bunk, from that cell, from that prison. I couldn't do anything to persuade anyone to send money my direction. I couldn't hurry up a letter that went in the mail or one that was coming to me. I couldn't look into the future and determine or control what a job would look like or what my life would look like once I left prison. It was just going to have to unfold. And I learned really quickly that the best way to deal with worry is to not look too far ahead, to just go day by day. Now that seems really simple. And we hear that advice, just take it day by day. But there's a lot of truth in that because all we can do, all we can control, all that we have any influence over is our present. We don't even have any influence over our past. And so learning how to live in the moment is such a gift. And somehow we also have to learn how to keep an eye on the future so that we can continue to propel ourselves forward, have momentum, set goals, and run for our dreams. That's a really fine balance and it can be really challenging. But we're going to talk about real specific tips to help you with the worry part of this today. And the first thing I want to challenge you to do is to slow down long enough to feel the worry. See, that whole worry part in prison happened at night because we weren't busy running around. We weren't being shuttled and shoved in one direction or another or filling up our day with activities or even going to meals. I mean, it was night. There was nothing happening. The day came to a halt and we just had to sit there or sleep there or lay there or toss and turn there. So when we can slow down long enough, we can actually recognize when we're worrying. And you might think, well, Christy, I don't really want to recognize when I'm worrying. I'd rather just keep my mind busy or my body active to where I don't stand still long enough to feel those feelings. But the problem is, is that that doesn't make worry go away. It's still there and it's going to continue to fester and grow and take root until it manifests into something else in our lives. Maybe that's poor health. Maybe that's a suffering relationship. Maybe you start to really feel the effects of not sleeping well, not eating right, not exercising. Maybe it wears on your faith. Maybe it wears on your kids. Maybe it shows up in your job. There's just ways that it oozes out and comes out in some form or fashion. And a lot of times we don't recognize that worry is there until it shows its ugly head. It takes a shape and it takes a form in one of those ways or others. And then we have to not only tackle the worry, but we also have to tackle the consequences for however we let that show up. So before it gets to that point, we need to create space in our time and our timeline and our days to where we can slow down and really be with our feelings. And usually that's something really simple. It doesn't have to be a lot of time. You don't need several hours. It's just really slowing the pace of your day down to create a moment where you can take a breath, you can push out distractions, you can turn the phone off, you can walk away from social media, away from TV, and just feel for a moment. Maybe that's taking a walk with no music or no podcast or no video. Maybe it's walking through nature, taking a hike. Maybe it's working in your garden. Maybe it's journaling. Y'all know I'm a fan of that. Maybe it's reading a book that kind of makes you have that sort of introspective, retrospective look into your heart. Whatever it is for you, it's just slowing down, slowing down long enough to feel it and recognize it and call it out. 
you can't fight an enemy you can't name. And it helps to know that this is worry and this is how now I can tackle it because I've identified it and I know that this is how I'm feeling. Second thing is to come up with a couple of solutions for whatever you're worrying about. It's a problem. It's an unknown. It's an uncertainty. Maybe it's a hurdle that you're facing and you're not really sure how you're going to get over it. And the worry is on, am I going to be able to get over it? And the worry is, I don't know how to get over it. Will this be okay? Can I make this happen? Can I make it work? Is this going to change? Will I be successful? I mean, it's all these open-ended questions. And it's almost like the questions you would ask an eight ball. Remember those eight balls we used to have in the 80s and 90s? <laughs> well, let me give you something a little bit more true as a guidepost for you rather than an eight ball. And that's to sit down and think of a couple of solutions to the thing you're worrying about. If you're worrying about a child that's about to uh, enter high school and you're not really sure, you know, worried about how they're going to handle social pressures or picking classes or handling a new learning environment or extracurricular activities, then come up with a couple of solutions that will help that issue. Maybe it's sitting down to a family night where we talk about those things. Maybe it's creating a plan of action for your students. Maybe you go and tour the school or meet with a guidance counselor. Whatever the case is, coming up with some solutions and a plan of attack, some actions, automatically makes you feel more confident in the thing that seems insurmountable. And a little bit of action creates a whole lot of confidence against the worry that's making you feel small and insignificant and uncertain and fearful. When you have a couple of solutions, then you know you have a couple of plans to follow through on, a couple of paths to run on. And while they may not all work out and one of the solutions may not be a viable one, or you may come up with even more than just two or three, at least you have the control of trying out those plans. Whereas if you sit and worry and you're standing still, no clarity comes from that because your mind and your emotions just get so flooded that it's like trying to see through a windstorm. One of my favorite quotes comes from the book, Everything is Figure Outable, which is written by Marie Forleo. She's a really fun gal. You should check her out on YouTube if you're not already a fan. But in her book, Everything is Figure Outable, she says that clarity comes with action, not by standing still, meaning we can come up with action, we can come up with a plan and a way to attack the thing that we're worrying about. And it helps to move forward, not just to stand still. When we're standing still, that's when everything starts to overwhelm us. But we gain a little bit of confidence, a little more sure-footedness, a little more trekking. We know where we want to go, a direction we're going to head. All of that feels so much better than just whirling and swirling around in unknown and fear and uncertainty and worry. So, Come up with a couple solutions. They don't all have to be the right answer, but at least having a couple of things to work on will maybe open up your mind to other things you can work on or other things that can be done. Remember, clarity can come with action, not with standing still. Third thing that can help you is to go get answers. So if you are worried about something that you're not super educated on, then go get the answers you're looking for. Either learn the skill, or ask the questions, or find the mentor, or read the book, or download the app. We are in an information age. There's no reason to let the, the lack of knowing or the unknown to keep you from moving ahead. That shouldn't be the thing that fuels your worry fire. 
okay? Education's out there. Information's out there. People are there to answer your questions. Join a group. Get on Facebook. Do a Google search. Watch a YouTube video. Lots of information exists. So let's say that you're really, really worried about retirement. You're coming up to that transition part of life and you're really worried. How are you going to make it? What does that look like? What does social security look like? How do I file for that? What does this mean for my home? How will my future be handled? What if something happens to my spouse? And all the worry just starts to overwhelm you and the wave of worry just crashes on you over and over and over again. Well, guess what? There are people that make a living helping you understand your financial, your financial well-being, especially if you're going into retirement. They're there to answer your questions, to educate you on retirement plans and money solutions. So you don't have to go it alone and you don't have to let the fear of not knowing keep you in a worry state. The same thing happens when you may be faced with a health crisis and you're worrying about that. Go learn about it. Get smart about it. Education and knowledge is power for a reason, and that is because it helps you make tr truer and straighter paths towards a solution, towards a new normal, than to stand in the fog and be overwhelmed with the emotion of that worry and that stress and the anxiety. So ask a question. Find a mentor. I guarantee the thing that you're facing, someone else has already conquered. So find the person and ask them for advice. Glean from their experience. And you know, don't discount the power of a great book or a great podcast or a great video. There's a lot of people out there who have mentored me through some of the biggest things in my life and I've never met them. They've either passed away and left a legacy for me to follow or they're so big, the likelihood that I'll ever get to share the same airspace as them is next to none. But I can tune into their podcast or their YouTube videos and read their books and glean from them even if I never meet them. There's lots of great information out there. All you got to do is be willing to look for it. Fourth thing is to simplify things and get quiet. This kind of goes back to the idea of allowing yourself to feel some of the emotions. The problem with worry is that it's usually because we're trying to force things to happen either in a direction that we can't control or at a pace that we can't control. And so sometimes what really helps us wage the war on worry is when we stop all of that forcing and pushing and shoving and we just simplify our minds and simplify our lives and we recognize the things that we can control and the things that we can't. And important enough, we let go of the things that we can't control. We can't make things happen faster than they're gonna unfold. We can't force things to come to fruition. We can't make things be clear to us before they need to be clear to us. And sometimes those things just are completely out of our hands. We can't control the weather. We can't control someone else's response or reaction or their words or how they may like us or not like us. We can't force a kid to uh, warm up to us if they're already kind of not so warm to us, you know, like teenagers do. We can't force people to like us at our job. There's just certain things out of our control. So why worry about that? Why flip on the news and worry about the economy, the presidency, the situations that are global and national? Not that you can't be informed, not that you can't be educated in those things, but you can't change those things sitting on your couch 
watching the news, letting those emotions overwhelm you. But you can make a plan of attack to maybe shore up your financial well-being, maybe to provide some sustainability so you can be self-reliant in a situation of need or crisis. Maybe you stock up on some water, put some extra rolls of toilet paper in your closet so that if we're hit with a pandemic again, we're not struggling to find those bare necessities if that happens again. Whatever the situation is, there's always action we can take. And more importantly, there's ways that we can simplify the things around us so that we're not cluttering our mind with the things we can't control. And we're not cluttering our headspace and our heart space with the things that are just going to continue to grate on us if, in fact, it's something we should be letting go of, we should be moving away from. And sometimes it requires us to really get into a quiet place to recognize the very thing that does make it our responsibility. Certain things are not our responsibility, but when we can recognize, hey, this is the responsibility I should be taking, that is where we need to show up. That is where we move. That is where we act. And sometimes all of that gets really confusing and really blurry when we're saying yes to everything and we pick up everything and put it on our plate. Sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is say no and empty something off of our to-do list, off of our plate, off of our calendar, because we need to give ourselves more space, more margin in life to really tackle what's super important to us. Now, let's talk about the one, two, three, four, fifth thing. Don't look back. You got to move forward. Worry sometimes creeps up when we continue to look at what could have, what should have, what I'm, I should have done with this or I could have done with that. We can't control the past. We can't change the past. And so don't allow worry to keep taking you back there to where you're constantly feeling the weight of that, the great of that on your, on your body, on your mind, on your heart. You've got to stop looking back and wishing and move forward and planning. And those are two different things. Yeah, there's a lot of mistakes that we all make in life. And when we worry about how those um, impact us today, or we let that really start to weigh on us, no longer does that life experience simply shape us and shade us. We're now allowing that life experience and that mistake or that failure to shackle us and to keep us locked down. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're going to go through things. We're going to make bad choices. We're going to have mistakes. We're going to fall and stumble. But all of that allows for us to grow and learn. I want you to think for a second of being at a beautiful riverbank that has clear water. You know, it's kind of like the water you would stand on and go fly fishing in. I've never been fly fishing, but let's just all imagine that we're expert fly fishermen. But you know what those rivers look like, right? The water is crisp and cool and it's humming along down the riverbank and it's beautiful. And if you walked out there, that riverbed has rocks in it. But think about the rocks that are in the riverbed. They're smooth. They're rounded over and they're smooth to the touch because the smoothest stones are found in the roughest waters. The rocks that are up on the bank that you might find along the riverbank are not smooth because they've been avoiding the water. They're sitting out in the sun soaking up the rays, but they're not getting smooth. They have sharp edges. The riverbank is not exposed to the rough, turbulent waters, to the rapids, to the ever-changing direction of the water moving this way or that way. But that's how life is. Life is full of rough waters. 
And while we want to avoid those sticking points and we don't want to go through the pain or we may not want to go through the failure, it's that thing that smooths, smooths our edges, that makes us smoother, that gives us that sheen, that makes us beautiful, that polishes us. And so while we might look on some of those things as bad, as negative, as the thing we want to shove in the dark in the closet and we don't want to bring it to the light, it's when we do bring it to the light that all of a sudden it is the thing that shapes us. It is the thing that shades us. It doesn't have to shackle us anymore. But the requirement to that is we have to let it go and move forward and not stay stuck worrying about the past worrying about what could have done, worrying about how a conversation played out or a situation. How did that handle? If I'd only changed things, that relationship would be different. If only I had done something different with my money, I wouldn't be sitting where I'm at today. Those are lessons learned. Don't ignore the lessons you've learned, but don't continue to live in the pain and the hurt in the consequences of those circumstances. If you've been set free to move forward, then set it free and move forward. And don't look back and don't keep yourself in a place of worry, fixated on what is no longer yours to control or change. Last thing is to have what I like to call high intention, low attachment. And what I mean by that is I want you to have intention to move ahead, but low attachment about how that's gonna unfold. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about purpose, about goals, dreams, potential, and it's always in an effort to help you move forward into the thing that I know you were created to do, into the calling, into the gift, into the talent, into the purpose that is divinely and uniquely yours. But the thing with that is, is that we have to move to do that. You can't really push a parked car. You've got to put it in neutral and be willing to steer it a little bit that's how it's going to move forward. So we have to be willing to move forward and be willing to kind of take the direction. But sometimes we don't always know what's up around the bend. Sometimes we don't know how exactly the plan is going to lay out or, or fall together for us. And that's where worry sets in. When we start looking at that and thinking, I can only see the next two steps in front of me. And we worry over what the fourth step and the fifth step and the 10th step is going to look like. And we want to know miles down the road, how is this all going to shape out? We want the guarantee. We want to know. But that's not life at all. When has life ever given us a guarantee? When have we ever been able to put lock, stock, and barrel into the future? Never. Just look at 2020. That'll teach you, right? <laughs> so here we go. We're moving ahead towards the thing that we think we want, to the thing that we feel like we're called to do. And we have to just be okay that it may not all come to pass and it may not all come to fruition in the way that we think it should be. And that's okay. I use this example a lot and I love this whole concept of high intention, low attachment because I think it serves us well in so many areas of our life. Well, I want you to imagine that we're going to all take a road trip from one side of the country to the other. And yes, we know that our goal is to get to the West Coast. If we're leaving the East Coast, we're going to make a, a trip to the West Coast and make it a vacation. And that may be the goal. That may be the intention to go to the West Coast for a vacation. And we may even map out the roads that we're going to take. We may look at a map. Does anyone look at maps anymore? Maybe we GPS it and we see like this is the plan that laid out for us. But as we start to go down the road, we may not know where there's construction, road detours, traffic delays. 
Maybe our car gets a flat tire. Maybe we have to stop more for gas than we thought we were. Maybe we decide to spend the night because we're all more tired than we thought. And you know what? That doesn't delay the, the, where we're going. It's just part of the journey. And if we just got to each one of those little sticking points and said, oh yeah, no, let's just turn around and go back home. We would never get to the West Coast. And everyone would think we were crazy if we showed up back home and they said, oh my gosh, you're already back from your trip. Why are you back so soon? Oh, well, there was a little road detour. So we just turned around and came back home. I mean, who would do that, right? That sounds crazy. But that's what happens in life. We get detours, we get setbacks. We have to stop and take a break. We have to move in a different direction than we thought. But that doesn't mean that the goal still isn't out there. The West Coast is still waiting. We can still get there. We just have to be willing to maybe go a little bit different direction or maybe things look a little different than what we thought it was going to look like. There is a quote by Del Carnegie, who is an author. Uh, he actually wrote a book called Stop Worrying and Start Living. Uh, it's probably a 50, 60-year-old book. But it's really good. If you're looking for a good read, I highly recommend it. Uh, but he has a quote in there that says, to learn to cooperate with the inevitable, meaning when certain things are just, it's inevitable, it's going to happen, why fight it? It's probably something you can't control or else it wouldn't be inevitable. So just cooperate with it. If something is starting to end or something's ramping up or something's shifting or shaping differently, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. There's this uh, idea that I, we tend to attach with business a lot, but I love it for just life in general. Uh, it was introduced to me by Dave Ramsey, who if you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey and his organization, especially when it comes to money and money management. But he also has a segment of his business that's devoted to leadership. And one of the things he talks about is the importance for us to recognize and kill a sacred cow in our business. And what he means by that is there's something you're hanging on to simply because it's the thing that's been there forever. It could be the very thing that's holding your business back and you need to get rid of it. So in essence, you need to slay the sacred cow or kill the sacred cow. And I love that concept because it's so true in business. We can get so hung up on the thing that we feel like uh, we just can't let go of. And usually there's no good reason why we should be hanging on to it when we get to that point. But that's the same way in life. Like sometimes we're just adamant that things be a certain way, function a certain way, look a certain way. We just can't let go of it in any other way. And sometimes we just need to kill a sacred gal because it's what's making us worry. How are we going to sustain that? How are we going to keep it going? How's it going to work? How do I bring that along? And the essence of all of that is really something we're trying to control for no good reason because it's probably something we should let go of and move on from. And that can be a really harsh reality because in essence, it's probably something that makes us feel comfortable. So when it comes to worry, are you hanging on to something you need to let go of? Are you being really adamant that the plan look a certain way? Are you digging in your hills and not being willing to move if it doesn't look exactly the way you envisioned? Maybe you're just so busy saying yes to everything that you can't simplify things long enough to really assess what you want, what you need, what you're worrying about. Maybe you need to get still and get simple and get quiet. Maybe you need to let go of things that aren't your responsibility that you can't control. Maybe you just need to ask for some help. Maybe you're worrying about a legitimate thing and it's simple because you don't know or you're not sure or you can't figure it out. But you don't have to do that alone. You can ask the question. You can raise your hand. 
and get the answers you're looking for to alleviate that feeling of worry and uncertainty. One of the best ways to combat worry is to get moving, to act. Nothing ever gets solved just sitting in the armchair, but get up and move. Come up with a solution or two or three and start acting them out. You'll know as you start moving down the path if that's a viable solution or not, and you can always revert to the other solution you have in your back pocket. Come up with a plan and start moving. Remember, clarity comes with action. Y'all, I am no fool. I know worry, and I know that you know worry, and I know that it's the thing that creeps up day in and day out for some of us. So let me just encourage you with this. I give you these ideas on how to combat worry, not because I don't ever worry. I worry, but I worry and then I battle it. I don't let it stick around too long. And sometimes the war on worry has to happen every single day. Depending on the season of life you're in, depending on what you're facing, depending on what's going on in your corner of the world, don't be ashamed if every day you have to battle worry. It's okay. The more you do it, the more you battle it, the stronger you're going to be. The more you'll be able to recognize that enemy and put it to rest, the easier you will be able to recover when worry takes a stab at you. So look at all of this as a lesson that's valuable and you getting to know worry well. And we don't want to make it a friend to where we let it hang around with us, but we do want to be able to identify it. So as it comes up on us, we can call it out, we can act against it, and we can quickly recover and move on. Well, friends, I hope you grabbed a couple of takeaways from this episode and that you found some things that you can begin to apply to your life immediately to really put worry in its place. If you liked this episode, if you found some good stuff in it that you're going to use in your life, why don't you share it with a friend so they can put some good stuff in their life? You can simply tell your friends about the Live Revised podcast. They can find it on all of their favorite podcast platforms. But you can also take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and share it on your social media channels. I would greatly appreciate you helping me get the word out. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to catch our episode next week when we're going to talk about three important areas of life that you need to conquer in order to have the life that you love. We'll talk to you then, friend.